0: Do you like Skyrim? I know I do. Hi, I'm Dapper Jabber, co-host to Happy Little Screams. His gracious Lord Todd Howard is blessed us with Skyrim on everything! console, PC! Even toasters! I install Skyrim I can! You know the one thing missing from Skyrim? A flying magic sword follower you can ride like a Quidditch Firebolt Supreme. Think that's awesome? Think Frankensteining your own romantic partner into existence is awesome? Well, I'm not guaranteed. Well, now you can! Live out your sword-swinging fantasies from chapter 1 and 2 of There is no <laughs> Mod for. Skyrim by our friends at Fable Forge. Wait, it Get gets better. Romance, a sword, murder, Sparne the gods, and enjoy thousands of weird and wacky voices from myself and the incomparable Kirsten Hungry! No, the good news doesn't stop there. This mod is completely free. Now and hours of entertainment can be yours by going to nexusmods.com, the premier home of the modding
1: community where.
0: One mod of the month for April 2021! April Forge is not responsible for damage to your soul and mind due to installing this mod, and is not responsible for the moral quandaries of your actions. soul setup. What are you waiting for, Dovahkiin?
1: They're coming to get you, Barbara.
2: Podcast today on the Happy Little Screams podcast, we have Jason Spencer. Hi, Jason. How's it going? Good guys. How are you? Great, fantastic. great, fantastic. Um, I know uh, we were talking through Facebook, uh, so we're kind of familiar with each other, but this is my co host Sean. How are you
1: doing? <laughs> I'm doing? I'm doing really good today. Uh, there's a lot of things going on now that's important for this podcast, but uh, I have a penchant love for paranormal and supernatural so this is gonna be a fun day
3: nice yeah Yeah.
2: are you uh like i know we 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 talked about doing this uh, a couple weeks ago uh but are you uh actually uh right now in the middle of a paranormal investigation because right now the location that you're in nobody can see this but it it (laughs) kind of looks like you might be like
3: in one of those situations no i'm in my van oh Uh, I I recently moved a little while ago, and the place I moved into doesn't have an office set up yet. So, my travel van became my de facto office. And so, people who are used to seeing me on like YouTube live videos and stuff, chit chatting with my partner, this is the familiar look. (laughs) Oh, nice. Okay, okay. I haven't I haven't quite gotten through your entire
2: uh, uh, backlog yet. I've I've seen maybe about like three or four episodes just to make sure. Yeah, yeah, um, and it's very, very interesting. Very interesting stuff. Um, so, uh, I had a couple questions for you. Um,
3: yes, sir. How how does somebody get into paranormal investigating? Well, I kind of just stumbled my way into it. To be honest, um, I've always been interested in the paranormal and supernatural stuff since being a kid and growing up watching horror movies. I think that's kind of how everybody starts out, mm-hmm. and uh, it was always one of those things of like, man, I'd love to go hunt ghosts. That'd be cool. But never really having any sort of an uh, an ability to do that or knew anybody who could point me in the right direction or anything like that. So, you know, grew up, got a job, had kids, married, all that kind of stuff. Became an adult and adults don't do that kind of thing. You know, we, no we have to worry about paychecks and taxes and <laughs> not running around hunting ghosts. Well, uh, I I kind of just didn't really think about it i i watched some of the ghost hunting shows when they were huge on tv and i was like man that's cool that'd be fun and i was at work one day uh this was probably almost a year and a half two years ago and uh one of my co-workers was like hey you know that place i like to go that bar i like to go to and i was like yeah yeah what's up he's like yeah it's super haunted i'm like what do you what do you mean what do you mean it's haunted He's like, yeah, there was like a ghost hunting show there. And uh, apparently it's super haunted. And I'm like, that's crazy. And so he sent me the link to a YouTube channel uh, called The Haunted Side, where these two guys, Patrick uh, and another guy, uh, Sean, they went and investigated this location, which uh, is in Reno, Nevada. It's uh, a building that is uh, home to, uh, what was it? Uh, the brewer's cabinet. I know that place Um, because
1: I am currently in Reno, Nevada.
3: Exactly. Uh, and so they went and investigated the brewer's cabinet because the owners said this place is haunted. Uh, people that work there, uh, said that there's portions of the building. They just don't like going to alone or just not at all because they feel uneasy, crazy stuff happens, stuff like that. And so I watched the episode and it was pretty good. It was really well made. And so it was well made enough that I thought that it was like a clip of a TV show because it looked too good for YouTube kind of thing. And so uh, I checked to see what other places they investigated. They'd done the Winchester Mystery House Mm. and uh, a few other locations that were in or around Reno, Nevada, up in Virginia City and that kind of stuff. So I was like, I think these guys are local. Uh, I wonder, like, so I did some digging and I found out, yeah, they indeed were uh, from the Reno area. And I thought, well, I was just feeling frisky that day, just not (laughs) something I would usually do. And I said, I'm going to send them a Facebook message and I'm going to say like, hey man, if you ever need someone to like schlep cables during an investigation or something, uh, yeah, I'm up for it. I'll help out or something. Because I thought that would be a way into actually going on some sort of a ghost hunt and seeing what it was all about. Mm -hmm. No intention of ever joining the show or doing an investigation, uh, you know, on my own or anything like that. I just, I wanted to see what it was like. I wanted to investigate or or be a part of it at some point in my life. So I sent off that Facebook message and kind of just forgot about it, to be honest. About two days later, I get a response from Patrick. He's the the lead investigator for the team. He's like, "Hey man, yeah, no, the, uh, thanks for the offer. Like, this is we kind of just do this for fun. We're, we're we don't make any money and we don't have like paid gigs or anything. So, but thanks anyway. And so I sent a message back that was like, "No, that's cool. Like, I got a job. Like, I don't I don't need a job. But if you ever <laughs> need help again, like, just let me know. Extra uh, set have, of hands, have a good one." And so he was like, uh, "Oh, okay. Uh, you don't need a job. well, sure. Like, uh, let's meet up. Let's have coffee. Let's uh, discuss and and whatever." I was like, "That's cool." So the other guys in my office were like, "Oh, you're gonna go meet up with the ghost hunter? That's pretty awesome." Uh, because I think everybody in the office had kind of like the same kind of passing interest in the paranormal, and and so they were also interested. And so I went to go meet up with Patrick uh, to have coffee and. Uh, he never showed, uh, I sat at the coffee shop for about, uh, nearly an hour and he never showed and I was messaging him and he never answered. And so I was like, all right, well, uh, I got ghosted by the ghost hunter, whatever. (laughs) Like, (laughs) and I kind of just forgot about it again. Like I, I have other things to do in my life. Uh And oddly enough, about a month and a half later or so, I was in LA on a gig and right before, uh, I'm supposed to go in and, and do some work. I get a Facebook message from Patrick of the haunted side and he's like, Hey man, I, I, I don't know if I'm sorry. I flaked out on you. Like uh, gave me a couple of excuses why. And uh, he's like, if you're at all still interested in, in doing something, like I need a camera guy. Uh, my camera guy can't do the next like a uh, couple investigations. I could use your help. Let me know. And so I was like, yeah, I'm in L.A. right now. I'll contact you when I get back and come to find out they had done an investigation uh, in Eureka, Nevada. At the Eureka Opera House there, Uh, that episode is on YouTube on the Haunted Side channel. You can see it. Uh, And it was so freaky that the camera guy was like. I'm done. I'm can't good. do this anymore. What? Uh, he he swears that he felt like something attached to him during that investigation and followed him home and made his life miserable for a month or two. Ooh. And he's like, I can't do it anymore. I'm done. Hey, and, that uh, is the
1: danger of your profession, my friend.
3: <laughs> exactly. And so he boogied out and I was tapped as a backup in a last minute kind of backup. And so uh about three weeks later i went on my first investigation which was at the donner tunnels that's uh, above uh reno kind of you know 45 minutes have you know an hour away from reno in the mountains in like like october or, or august or something like it was already cold there was okay. <laughs> there was a chill in the air because we were investigating it in the middle of the night and uh from then on i just uh, apparently it went well and patrick decided that i was uh good enough to keep going with him and and uh so i just i joined the team and i've been the cameraman secondary investigator on the haunted side ever since dude that is crazy i love wow. it how many so how many years have you been part of this uh maybe like a year and a half
2: almost two years okay so you're basically uh, the camera work that we see online
3: is pretty much all your work for season six uh, from season two on. So I, I was the, my first episode was season t- uh, two, episode one. And then, so everything else is, it's either going to be me or it's going to be Patrick himself by himself uh, when I'm not around, but yeah, I'm, I'm the the camera guy. I, basically I run the camera and the way it works out is during the investigations, uh We'll do a walkthrough Of the location with the main cam uh, It's got a light on it So we can see everything And, and we kind of just uh, get the lay of the land um, For the investigation And then once We've done that uh, We will switch to night vision cameras We'll both get a night vision camera And we'll, uh, we'll go in that way The rest of the time All lights off, night vision only And wow. uh, so then we'll both have cameras And stuff Wait, so you legitimately see nothing while you're like when while you're in there the only thing you see
2: is through those those uh uh those night cam the night vision pretty much panels.
3: unless there's like a, some sort of ambient light coming through a window, like a, a street light or like moonlight. Uh there is obviously a glow off of the viewfinder um mm. but that's more of a distraction than anything else because it's it's so bright and then everything else is pitch black. So it's it actually makes it harder to see so half the time we'll take the viewfinder and we'll twist it down so it's pointed at the floor so that we can at least see like literally like right by our feet so if we're so we don't step on things so but every, everything man. else is completely dark
1: <laughs> going going through pitch black haunted places with nothing but a little camera to mm-hmm. hopefully give you some guide That that's bravery right there
2: <laughs> yeah the uh ooh, no uh, that that would freak me out. Get the heebie-jeebies just thinking about it. Yeah, it's it's pretty creepy. So so Patrick is the one like he's been he's been on this uh since the the beginning. He's the one who like put most of this stuff together. Has
3: he or that's what it sounds like. Am, am I right? Yeah, that? he the way it worked out and I generally don't want to give his origin story, but um <laughs> he's always been in, involved with the paranormal since he was a little kid. He actually had a an experience when he was very young he grew up in texas and his family had moved into this farmhouse and um he had an experience where uh, apparently a shadowy figure came into his room one night and kind of sat on the end, end of his bed uh which freaked him out uh, yeah obviously. he was i think seven or eight years old at the time and come to find out they they only lived there for a few months uh because apparently what they found out was that the the location the land the house the barn area because it was like a, a farmland uh had been used as a satanic church uh previous to them living there oh my god and so they had like looked around the property and in like deep in the barn hidden behind stuff was like little altars that were made and stuff and uh so he's always had that interest because of that experience when he was younger. And he's a, he's a musician. Uh, He was in a band, he traveled the country doing gigs all over the place. And while doing that, traveling around like his, when he wasn't playing in the band, his thing was to go find haunted places to go hang out at uh, and go investigate. So that was always his kind of uh, his, his thing he would do on his off time. Fast forward, he's no longer in the band, he's living in uh Reno, Nevada, he's kind of doing his thing. And a friend of his suggested, like, Oh, you like doing that haunted stuff? You should like film it sometime, put it on YouTube. He's like, "Ah, I don't know, I don't know if that's something I'm really interested in, but yeah, we'll see. So he went out and he filmed himself doing a couple investigations and he threw it up on YouTube, and it people watched it and noticed it and said, Hey, these are pretty good, you should do more of these. And so he did a couple more and his plan was to always just kind of do it himself. Cause he had no, no plan to make it a business or a show or anything like that, anything bigger than just kind of a, a hobby. But then he got contacted do, to do a couple things that would require more than one person with a camera, like walking around with a camera in his face. And so that's when he met Sean who uh, was a camera guy. And he's like, Hey, if you, if you want to, come with me and help me film some of this stuff that would be great and sean's like yeah sure why not and then like it kind of became a show and then you know unfortunately that didn't last very long uh with sean because of the incident in eureka and so uh then i jumped on board and it kind of just went from there but when i jumped on board uh the youtube channel had had 30,000 subscribers Mm -hmm. no i take that back when i first saw it it had like 17 to 20,000 subscribers and i was like wow that's a whole lot that's crazy uh they must be doing something right by the Mm -hmm. time i was on the show and started doing investigations we had uh, accumulated about 30,000 and in october this past october we crossed the 100,000 mark Um, And now I think we're at like 120 or 130, 130.
2: Yeah. 123,000 subscribers. That's, that's That's all, that's a lot. That's, that's really impressive. Yeah.
1: Which kind of gets to the area that I think is a question for a lot of people who are interested in the subject. And that's like, how do you, you know, pay for it? Most of you have jobs, like real full-time jobs. And this is Mm -hmm. your extracurricular passions that you do because you love the subject.
3: Yeah. So it's it's expensive to do this for one the way we're doing it so if you want to go ghost hunt you can do it for almost nothing um generally you know get your phone use your phone if you need to um buy a cheap night vision camera if you're willing to wander around in the dark that'd be fine uh get a you know your phone has a camera on it your phone has a voice recorder on it you you know, that's really all you need. Trust your body, trust, you know, that more than any sort of piece of gear. It's expensive for us because we're trying to produce a show on top of that. So Patrick already had most of the gear and that had cost him a bunch because it's kind of crazy how much some of this gear costs. And, And I'm not talking just like the camera, the mics, the lights, all that kind of stuff. That's obviously expensive you Uh can you can kind of uh work cheap and and by cheap like oh my camera only costs two thousand dollars um but like for the specialty ghost hunting gear that is kind of in vogue with a lot of the ghost hunters you're either going to have to build that stuff or you're going to have to buy it from a specialty maker who's going to charge you an arm and a leg for that kind of stuff so he's kind of collected that over time and then not too long ago maybe about 10 to 12 months ago, we uh, we got contacted by a company called um, Paranormal Electronics um, in the UK. Uh, they make ghost hunting gear. And they said, they asked if they could sponsor us, uh, which basically means they would give us some free gear mm-hmm. to use in the investigations and then be like, hey, this we got this gear from Paranormal Electronics. It's a good but, deal. You should go check that stuff out. And so that helped a lot because that helped kind of give us a ton more gear to utilize in the investigations Nice, uh, but again you if you're interested in paranormal investigating you don't need any of that stuff it's all that stuff's very flashy and it, it looks great on film and uh, when you're producing a show but if you're not planning on producing any sort of a show you can ghost hunt pretty much on the cheap really the big expenditure when you're looking at that is locations if you don't have a location that you can just easily have access to a lot of the well-known haunted locations, they know they are well-known haunted locations. And so they (laughs) charge uh, a pretty good amount of money for you to have a few hours to a night at these spaces uh, to do your investigations. And a, a lot of these places we've discovered that uh, say, oh, you're interested in doing like a overnight paranormal investigation at our haunted house or whatever. Sweet. That's going to be 200 bucks for the night. Cool. That's not too bad. Uh, we're planning on shooting an episode for our YouTube channel. Oh, you're filming it, are you?
2: <laughs> uh, it's going to
3: talks. be uh, $1,200 for the night then. <sighs> like, It's like, oh, okay. Because we've been burned on that a lot uh, where we've gone to locations uh or talk to locations to to get access to them and the second they find out we have one a channel and and two that it has some sort of a following they crank up the prices like crazy
2: yeah that's see that's a double-edged uh sword of being like you guys you guys i would say are are pseudo famous at this point with with 123 000 subscribers there you have and influence over the digital market with that many people watching your show. So yep. but you're you're not at that point where you're not having regular jobs and only doing mm-hmm. this. So you're you're in that like cross cross place where it's either y- you you push through and you end up spending that extra money to get to these like extra places and you start losing money until you get to a certain there, there's like yeah. there's there's like a ceiling where that when mm-hmm. once you hit that ceiling it's it's make it or break it and you, you got to either push through it yeah to, yeah. yeah so
1: see well, back in my day we didn't need all that fancy equipment we just took a Ouija board some candles a grimoire and just uh, locked ourselves in with the
3: ghosts there you go. <laughs> and you have a various school of thought on like the gear the electronic paraphernalia that we use there are a lot of people who uh swear that it works and it's it's a hundred percent proven and and this is how you hunt ghosts and blah 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 and then you got the people who are like all of it's bs you it does nothing it's just smoke and mirrors all that kind of stuff and i feel like? like ink blot, because you're, you're yeah. getting
1: signals you're getting energy wavelengths and you're reading wavelengths and then you're like well this wavelength is usually something that occurs when this happens and mm-hmm. it's like a kind of looking at clouds like it's it's deciphering yeah like, that line where people could say well, i don't know maybe you're full of crap or maybe it is but in the end it is just energy it's waves
3: yeah and most of the electronic equipment that we are using it is it is doing something based on the energy that it's reading in the room uh, based on changes in the atmosphere, changes in uh, electric current, all that kind of stuff. And it will do a thing. So we have equipment that uh, it's called ovulus. Basically it, it checks for electromagnetic pulses. It checks for air pressure, all that kind of stuff. And when those things change in specific ways, it'll start spitting out words Uh, various words random words um and so the the idea is that you'd be in a room and you'll ask whatever entity may be there like you know what what time of the year did you die and you know if if the thing spits out like july or winter or cold you know that would be pretty interesting but half the time or more than half the time it's going to be like banana (laughs) <laughs> you know see i was wondering about that. and you're just like i what does this mean yeah. and so yeah. what i tend to look at is not necessarily the words that it's saying but the frequency of words like because you'll go into a room and it's quiet you'll be like is anybody here is anybody here with us nothing and it'll be like banana you're like oh, okay it's said something and you'll go into another room and it'll just say banana july pop you know stove and it just keeps shooting (laughs) off words and that like i don't really care about the words at that point but i am interested in why the device is now suddenly reading something that's changed that's making it click on words that spit stuff out and so i'm like okay that tells me something in the atmosphere something in the energy of the room has changed so while you have some people on youtube being like none of those words make any sense this is stupid it's all fake what right. i'm sitting there saying is like but why is it suddenly saying words what changed in the room to make this happen could it be supernatural maybe but we're there to investigate that so let's find out
1: mm-hmm. i'm not going
3: to just be like yep there's a ghost in here let's move on to the next room you know, it's <laughs> not quite but how good, it works
1: also the machines can't replace the the one core thing to this kind of activity and a lot of similar activities and that's the gut instinct Mm-hmm. Cause there's some sort of thick sense inside all of us that just knows you just, you yeah.
3: sense it. Yeah, absolutely. I am, I am way more inclined to trust what's going on with my own body than I am any device that uh, I have in my possession. I, I'm more of a, you know, sounds in, in terms of like uh, recorded sounds, recording sounds, all that kind of stuff, EVP type stuff. Uh, what I see with my eyeballs, what I can capture with the camera, and what I'm just feeling in general, uh, the other stuff is it's cool, it's fun to play with the gear, and it's it makes for good TV kind of thing half the time. But I'm going to trust what I see and what I feel more than I do any electron piece of electronic equipment.
2: Have you? Uh, do you think you've seen more uh, proof than you've actually
3: caught on camera? I would say. Probably yeah, because the unfortunate part is, cameras are great, but they don't replace the human eye. There are Mm -hmm. plenty of times when uh, I've got the camera pointed down a hall and I see something, but it's too dark for the camera to make out. Like it, you know, ten feet ahead and it's all black with the camera, but I could see like the differences in the blackness going down the hallway, and I saw something move. Mm -hmm. That's kind of an example, like. The gear, any sort of gear you have is only going to be so good. And also there's times when I have a camera and I'm pointing it down this way, you know, straight towards me. And I catch something out of the corner of my eye and I turn my head. I don't turn the whole camera. I'll just turn mm. my head and I'll see something and be like, holy crap. And I'll whip over. It and I'm like, I just saw something there. <laughs> like And that's generally how it works. Like, I, I don't know when something's going to appear. I don't know when a sound is going to happen. I don't know when something's going to walk past the doorway or something like Mm -hmm. that. It's, it's so difficult to capture some of this stuff. And we use generally eight to 10 cameras at a time. You know, each of us will have a camera. Plus we have uh four to five static cameras, uh, in the area. And so it's, so even with all that ca- coverage we just can't seem to catch everything we see so like yeah. one
1: episode you have all these hours of coverage just for
3: like oh a it's minutes, ridiculous it takes a while I can't that's why imagine. when we do an investigation <laughs> generally the investigation will happen and about two months later that's when that episode comes out because it takes forever to go through all that footage
2: well we we, we don't know what that's like with recording something and months later it going out
3: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Yeah. Speaking of which, when are those episodes coming out? <laughs> Never um, So there, there's this quote in the, the book John Dies at the End that always stuck with me and uh, he says uh, Frank found out the hard way that dark things lurking in the night don't haunt old houses or abandoned ships they haunt mines and I've always been fascinated by the idea that some of these entities can they're not be a, you're not able to catch them on equipment because they they enter like your mind the, the possession sense of things
3: i could definitely see that i i have been lucky that i haven't had an experience uh like the former cameraman to the point where something followed me home and i felt so uneasy that i couldn't continue investigating but i can definitely like i've definitely had times during investigations where i i wander up on these places i feel fine i'm doing good let's give me a camera and let's look around, man, this is fun. This is scary. Like crazy. And then about halfway through, like I'll just get hit with not great feelings, like to the point where I feel sick and I'm nauseous and I just, I don't feel good. Like my whole mood has shifted and I'm just, I'm, I'm tired and I'm anxious and I'm mad. And like, it just comes over you. Like negative energy, just very negative. And it feels like at those points, and you know, when you're talking about the paranormal and ghost hunting, a lot of things sound very cliche, uh, but it feels like something doesn't want you there. It mm-hmm. feels like something is decided. I'm, I'm over it, guys, get out. And this is how they kind of respond. Because there's been times where that kind of thing will just hit me. And then I'll be like, I got to take a break, man. And we'll like go to the front of the house or wherever we've got our little, Uh, base of operations set up. And within like a minute or two, like I'm completely fine again. Like I don't feel bad anymore. Like my attitudes changed. I'm ready to go back in. I'm ready to do it. But for some reason, I just, you know, that heaviness, that burden feeling just comes across and it's not in every place. It doesn't happen all the time, but I've, I've felt it a handful of times. And it's, it's one of those things where you can't, measure that with a camera or a ovulus or a, you know, anything like that. It's just, it's a internal uh, personal thing that you feel that you try to explain on camera. You're trying to say like, yeah, I feel like this presence on me, this negative energy and all that kind of stuff. And because you can't see it or hear it or anything like that, it's very difficult for people to understand and or believe that it's actually happening until you're the one in the room and you yeah. don't feel good and you feel those feelings, then you're like, Oh crap, this is what they kind of talk about. Uh So I, I definitely understand that kind of thing. And that's, I, that's why I'm pretty safe or I, at least I believe I'm pretty safe when it comes to <laughs> investigating, you know, before I go, I say some prayers. I, you know, give myself a spiritual pep talk before you I go burn, into a uh, new Uh Patrick does. Uh, he, he believes in that kind of stuff. I'm I'm a firm believer in that. Uh, whatever your belief is, is really what you should focus on. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think there's like a one thing it's it's the power of your
1: belief that energizes exactly because what you're dealing with in my experience what you're dealing with most of the time is that people leave emotional imprints on places that places Mm -hmm. absorb energies of the way people behave and act and that you get these like echoes or these imprints of these negative energies into places some places are imprinted with positive energies but that's not the places Mm -hmm. we're exploring when they're creepy and haunted
3: yeah Yeah. and And i've been to places that are creepy and haunted and gotten positive feelings from them uh but more than likely you're gonna get that <laughs> <feeling>. yeah <laughs> uh my uh
1: my wife had this story she used to tell me when she was like six or seven there was this man or individual a humanoid shape that looked like television static hmm. and it would run up and down the hallway like a blur and then just stand there and stare at her in the doorway and then run up and down like three in the morning, two in the morning, every night, this creepy static man would run up and down the hallway and can't go to the house and find where it is. But I've always wanted to examine that and
3: find out what the heck was going on. My mom always growing up, she told me the story of the shadow man that lived in the house that she grew up in, uh, that she would be coming up the stairs to go to her room and a shadowy man would come out from the wall And stand right in front of her in the hallway and just stand there and she couldn't see through him it was just this shadow this like man-shaped shadow that would just appear and it would scare the hell out of her and she'd go downstairs and this happened a lot and then one day she she was just frustrated with something she marched up the stairs the shadowy figure came out of the wall at her and she just said you need to stop that like she she Condemned it like (laughs) pissing me off kind of thing, and it again just kind of walked through the next wall. It went away, and she never saw it again. Sometimes that's
1: just how it is. You just
3: have to take a firmness with these things. And I've been to that house. I know where it is. I've asked the current owners if me and my friend can go and investigate it. I've told them the the story, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we we've had experiences here." because apparently the man who built the house, it's a pretty old house built in the thirties, I believe uh, he died in the house. I think it may have been suicide, but he he definitely met an early earlier end than he should have. And so we, everybody believes that it's the ghost of this guy. And so I talked to him, I'm like, Hey, can can we come and investigate it? Cause I would love to see the shadow man that my mom grew up seeing. Uh, <laughs> they denied us. They did not want that kind of attention on their house. Uh, even when we said, Hey, we can make it like, you know, not tell anybody where it is, the city, the town, like nothing. We'll just, we'll come in and it's an unknown location. And, and they're they, like, nah, They pull, I, pull you aside afterwards. They're like, we don't want to upset the shadow man. <laughs> yeah. And that's basically what they said, because I even said like, can I just come investigate no cameras? Like no show, we're not we wouldn't make an episode out of it. I just would like to investigate it. And they're like, we don't want to provoke any sort of more activity than that's we a, get right now. That's a good I'm like, point. well, that's fair enough. Fair you enough. you got yeah, me there.
2: When, when, you uh, have a, when you have a ghost like that that's, you know, causing a little bit of uh disturbance here and there, opening doors, closing doors, showing up in places or whatever like that, uh, I mean, it's all fine, but you piss them off and they become poltergeists. And once they become yeah. a poltergeist, you don't want to fuck with that. And we,
3: me and Patrick have always been on the same mind wavelength of, we don't want to go and uh, aggravate whatever spirits may be in these locations we go to. We're not confrontational investigators. You'll see the, like the ghost adventures type. shows where they come in and the guys are like, Come at me, Ghost Bro, like, let's go. (laughs) I dare you to choke me or I dare you to enter my body. I'm just imagining if
1: Joe Rogan went into the ghost. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
3: And we're not (laughs) like that. That is not something we were at all interested in in being. Uh, we want to be very respectful of every location we go to because if we go to a location and if there is a spirit inhabiting that location we don't want to piss it off we want communication we want it to like us we want it to show itself like we don't want to aggravate it but we have been at places where whatever is there is aggravated uh we have had many a thing thrown at us i've been hit with rocks i've almost been hit with a chunk of wood one time uh i've been hit with doors walk through a door and the door behind me slams shut hits me and Like we've dealt with aggravated or angry or hostile spirits before. And when I say spirit, hostile spirit, I don't know what any of this stuff is. Like I have a hard time saying like, Oh yeah, it's a ghost. I don't know. That's like, I couldn't tell you. It could be a, a, it's,
1: it's an anomalous energy.
3: It's a thing. There's something (laughs) at these locations that didn't want us there. uh, You know? And so Uh, or or there's something at these places we go to that make their presence known. And sometimes it's in a very uh, violent nature. Um, And so, yeah, it's, it's a weird, a weird thing to talk about. So uh, (laughs) uh, since there's
1: a non visual element to our process being that this goes up as audio only, there's no Mm -hmm. video. I would just like to let the people listening at home, know that this man has a my pet monster hat and that has made the entire conversation way right. better i, I was is. wondering
2: when you were gonna mention that because i i caught it right off the bat and i was like i was like sean's gonna mention this at some point
3: <laughs> it is it's <laughs> i love this hat i'm not i'm have. not a, like a big trucker hat guy but the second i saw this thing i'm like well i have to have yeah, that. yeah Wait, with the my you pet monster, to... you have to have it yeah i'm a big to. i'm a big retro vintage kind of guy Uh, Ordering my own right now. I still have my (laughs) pet monster in my house. Do you? Yeah, handcuffs and all. Um, Yeah, my eight-year-old has uh, the the little hand puppet mini ones. I loved those things. So my pet, you know, random conversation here. My my pet monster was the big blue monster, and I Uh had that, or I still have that. And uh, he had. The regular version, there was a football version, my pet yep. monster, yep. Fo- football monster, or whatever, which I was never a sports guy, so I didn't really care about him. But then there were three hand puppet ones, <laughs> and those things were awesome, and those suckers are so expensive to to replace no. because you go on eBay, and those things are hardly ever there in any sort of condition you would want to pay money for, but they're always, like, hundreds of dollars. yeah. yeah yeah those things were great
2: <laughs> oh everybody wants the retro stuff like the stuff from our childhood that we just threw away everybody wants that now
3: oh yeah i i literally my happy place is going around antique stores i did that today i was just wandering around antique stores today <laughs> collecting stuff from my childhood Ugh. so uh. if uh if
1: you were to say a single movie that would uh you believe would most impact the real experience of what you do what film do you think really
3: shows what your work is like absolutely not ghostbusters (laughs) (laughs) i wish i wish it was that fun uh let me see uh i think and this is this is probably me just kind of projecting uh there's an old film from the late seventies, I think, uh, called, um, Oh, what? I just totally blanked. Uh, the changeling,
1: <laughs> the changeling with yeah, with George C Scott on the cover when you buy it, at the VHS shop.
3: Yeah, that is, that is ghost hunting for me in a nutshell. Uh, that movie messed me up as a kid. <laughs> um, I used to grow. I, I grew up watching horror movies like crazy. Like Same. I had no problem watching anything with a machete wielding, knife wielding maniac chopping people up. Didn't blink an eye. Didn't bother me. You throw on a ghost movie, and suddenly I've got nightmares. Like the ghost yeah. movies always messed me up. But because they always did, like those are the ones I wanted to watch because those <laughs> would, you know, give me that visceral reaction. The Changeling messed me up as a kid because if there's one thing uh that really gets you it's it's ghost children and the changeling is about a ghost child and that movie is very subtle it's uh it's very moody it's it's kind of long drawn out it's a quiet film uh there's a scene in uh it's the scene of the movie where george c scott he brings a medium over to his big mansion because the mansion that's the thing that's haunted and he wants to find out the truth he he knows something's going on and so he like well maybe i'll see if this medium can help me out and she comes in and she does uh i can't remember like the technical term for it but like spirit writing where she sits at a table pad of paper in front of her pencil and she goes into a trance and she's just scribbling and uh they ask questions and she'll write out the answer and scribble some more and whatever Meanwhile, they're recording all of this on uh, reel-to-reel uh, audio <laughs> recording, because that's how old this movie is. <laughs> it goes crazy. The whole scene's, like, intense, and it's super creepy. And uh, then you're you're kind of done, and, and she leaves, and she's like, hey, you better be careful. This place is crazy. She leaves. George c Scott he's all by himself in this gothic mansion type place and he sits down he's looking at all these papers that she's scribbled on and wrote answers on and he he turns on the audio recording he starts listening to it and nothing's all happening in this movie it's very quiet as he's just kind of doing his thing and you hear the lady be like what's your name and you hear the scribbling and whatever and then he's like he he takes a pause and he rewinds it and you hear the lady what's your name tweaks some knobs and he rewinds and and you hear what's your name and then you hear underneath everything else this tiny little child voice answer her as she writes his name on the piece of paper like i'm getting kind of chills just talking about it because that scene was (laughs) ridiculous and so that was the first time i had ever heard of evp electro uh uh, electro voice phenomenon uh where an audio recording will pick up what the human ear did not hear and so he realizes at that moment he can hear the answers being spoken before mm. she writes it out. And um, and then the movie, the rest of the movie is just excellent. If you haven't seen The Changeling, go find it's, it. It's a classic. It. It's
2: I have not. Uh, this is, I guess, something that I'm going to have to watch this weekend. Yeah, it's good. It's,
3: yeah. I mean, it's
1: 70s, so you get all the 70s problems, but
3: it's a good Yeah, movie. But it's a great, yep. moody film, and that's, <laughs> that's always kind of the benchmark for, like, ghost horror type stuff because it's a slow-paced movie it's when we go out we do investigations something's not happening every five minutes mm-hmm. uh, i think that's a, a something some people don't understand because when they sit down and watch our show on youtube it's 45 minutes long it may seem like a lot of stuff is happening but we were there for eight hours right? I- Yep.
2: Yeah. Okay.
3: It's, it's an edited thing. You're watching basically a highlights reel of our investigation. Plus there, there have been a lot of times we go to a place we investigate nothing really happens at all. And we go home and you never see that episode because <laughs> nothing really happened like this. Why would we put that out? And so there is a, you know, while it's awesome to have 120,000 people subscribe to our channel and watching our videos, we do the more you get eyeballs on the more you get people who um claim you're fake and one of the reasons they say you're fake is because every time you go out you get a ton of stuff happening and like yep. you know no you
1: don't it's gonna well,
2: hate you know there's there's that and there's also uh i want to say back in the late 90s on mtv their Ghost hunter shows when they found out that a lot of the stuff that they did was faked like that just kind of killed it for the genre mm-hmm. in general for the people who were legitimately going out there and doing investigations.
3: Yeah, and I I always tell people like our, I'm not there to try and make you believe that ghosts are real or the hauntings are real or whatever. You can in the this day and age that we have, you can fake everything. Like yeah. it is so easy to fake everything you see on a visual medium, on streaming or on DVD, or whatever, have it. You shouldn't base your belief about anything you saw on YouTube.
1: Yeah. <laughs> a YouTube
3: video should not cause you to believe anything. You had better go and figure it out yourself. Like I always tell people like, watch our show as entertainment. If you're interested in the paranormal, like that's great, but you're never going to be 100% a believer until you go out and investigate for yourself and that's why i started off this conversation of like you can investigate without all the bells and whistles that we have and you can do it on the cheap and all that kind of stuff because so many people are like yeah but i don't have all this ghost hunting gear you do so i wouldn't be able to no you can Yeah, go investigate it Uh, a lot of the creepiest things that have ever happened to me during this time has not been because i'm there with a bunch of cool gear it's because i put myself in a situation to experience this for myself Mm -hmm. and so people can watch our videos and not believe anything that happens that's fine like you people watching our videos don't know who we are they don't know me personally i don't expect them to trust me without fail this random guy on the internet it don't it's fine like you're not hurting my feelings but if what you see us doing is super interesting to you and you're like man, I wish I could go ghost hunting, go ghost hunting, like find a place. There's plenty of uh, haunted locations that have like tours and Mm. uh, investigation nights where they bring in like an investigator and they sell tickets and 20 people overnight and they get to go investigate and stuff. Go find those things, pay a hundred bucks and go do that kind of thing. And Uh then maybe find out if you think it's real after that see i didn't know that they did that like i've, yeah. I've always been fa- i've always
2: been fascinated with this i have a i have a very um torrid history with the uh supernatural because uh my mom my mom was a witch and my dad was a druid uh and they uh did the ouija board and they had there was a we had two ghosts in our house we had a little girl uh the little girl was standing in the hallway and then mm-hmm. we had a man in a hat who would sit in the rocking chair or stand on uh, – we had a, a two-layer house where uh, the stairs go down to a little uh, basically platform and then go down back in the other direction, and he would stand there on our way out because there was also a door there. So we had two ghosts in the house, and they would talk to that ghost, and they would do the Ouija board in order to, like, communicate with that, those spirits and other spirits, and that stuff scared the living shit out of me. Like, I do I, no, I not, like – my body would get chilled as soon as they would take the ouija board out and the ghosts would start um congregating um so i have a very torrid history with that but i would love to go on a ghost
3: hunting tour um, yeah i like, mean there's plenty of places um virginia city like half the locations in virginia yeah. city nevada do them all the time mhm there was a this is pretty haunted. when i when yeah, i was living in reno
2: when I was living in Reno, we, uh, when, when you said Patrick, I, I'm wondering if I might know Patrick, because there's a bar in Virginia City that uh, it used to be, I think it used to be a hotel, and there was one of the uh, call girls, or well, I guess they would be prostitutes, um, that was murdered in a battle. The room. Silver
3: Queen? Yes.
2: Yes. And we did, uh, me and uh, my buddy Mike and my buddy Dominic did a video. We did uh, basically a ghost hunt for them uh, or with with uh, this guy. And I'm pretty sure his name was Patrick uh, up in my that event. room. And it was, it was scary as shit, but we were there all night. Didn't catch much of anything. But when we went back through that footage, because it was like this one part of the room. When we went back through that footage, the shit we heard scared me to
3: death. Yeah, I've, I've never had the chance to stay at the Silver Queen. Uh, Patrick did uh, an episode at that place with uh, the old camera guy uh, before I joined up. But I've done a plenty of locations up in Virginia City. I've done uh, Mackie Mansion a bunch. Um, I've done the Washoe Club, which is pretty famously known uh, for being one of the most haunted places up there. I've done a couple of the mills up there, the um, the two mills up in Gold City, uh, the Donovan Mill and the Comstock Mill. Uh, So I've done I've done a bunch of places up there. And some of the craziest things that's happened to me during investigations were up in Virginia City. Mm -hmm. Well, there's there's a lot of history in Virginia City. I mean, that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, for a, a little silver
2: mining town, you have to think that there have been a lot of people who have met their
3: demise way earlier than they should have. Oh, yeah. Tons. Yeah. Yeah. And when you talk about leaving an imprint, like imprinting your energy and, you know, the way that happens is the more intense that energy is, the more easy it can be imprinted. And generally that is, you know, not good energy. Um death and and sorrow and pain and hate and all that kind of stuff that was commonplace in a small mining town that where the booms and busts are are a plenty and especially in in a place like virginia city that was very popular very large at its time and you know people dying all the time there was a lot of mine accidents there was a lot of murders there was a lot of uh you know people getting robbed and shot for the gold they just panned out of the the ground you know all that kind of stuff and uh there's something called the stone tape theory that i think is very fascinating stone tape theory being that just that the elements around you the the locations especially when it's um a natural element like stone or or you know any sort of mineral uh when those energies are released out into the world from people they imprint themselves upon these these mineral, you know, the walls of your house and 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 the, the stone underneath you. And those minerals capture that energy and hold them. And that's why you get a lot of places like Virginia City that that are so haunted or, you know, supposedly so haunted because all of that energy is just stored up in these natural elements that are prevalent in those areas. And I always thought that that's the stone tape theory is one of the things that I find very easily believable about you know when we talk about the energies of people and and past events being imprinted on locations it makes a lot of sense to me
1: Mm -hmm. that's good that's good uh i I wanted to ask for your anecdotes what do you think is the most um the most intense experience you've had where you said there's really a ghost here something that scared the crap out of you not enough to you know run away and not come back but yeah uh what's, there's what's the one moment that you can tell everybody it stands out the most
3: there's been a few uh we have time <laughs> we have plenty of time. <laughs> i just drank some red bull i'm good um one of the places uh up in virginia city uh the comstock mill we were up there doing a live stream uh they were doing an event called the world's largest ghost hunt uh i want to say for the travel channel um travel channel had organized the world's largest ghost hunt for this one night where ghost hunters uh, all over the world would be all ghost hunting at the same time and so you could go on to like their website and stuff and see all these uh, live feeds from locations all over the world and one of the locations was at the donovan mill up in gold city uh, near virginia city and we had 30 or 40 people up there doing an investigation. Uh Me and Patrick were there as kind of like guest hosts uh to help facilitate the, the hunt. And that was all well and good. It was a lot of fun. Uh We had a good time, but then when it was over, everybody was like, all right, thanks. Have a nice, we'll see you later. Bye. And they all left. And we were allowed to stick around and kind of just do our own thing, which was really nice. So it was a very small group of us about less than 10 and we were, me and Patrick and two other people uh, that were part of another group called the Northern Nevada Ghost Hunters. We were in the Donovan Mill, and this was the first time I had ever been in the Donovan Mill. It was super creepy. Uh, it is supposedly to be one of the haunted pla- most haunted places up there. And we were wandering around. We were hearing all sorts of weird stuff. The night was going great in terms of like being creeped out and scared. Uh, we went all the way to the back of this mill which it's a pretty long place, did some investigating, heard some stuff getting thrown around. It was really creepy. We turned around, we were coming back and we're on this long plank next to these big empty vats and we're heading back towards the the front of the building and a chunk of wood, probably like two feet long maybe, comes flying out of nowhere from literally to the side of us, comes right past my head, and goes into one of the vats oh, and I caught it on camera, which it's crappy footage. Cause we were doing a live stream from an wow. iPad up in the hills of Virginia city, like <laughs> crappy uh, footage, but you can clearly see like we're walking around and all of a sudden this piece of wood just comes sailing past us. And there was only one person behind me and that was Patrick. And it came from an angle. He could not have thrown it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it was super weird. It scared the hell out of me. Uh, But that was one of the times where the longer we were there, the more things started happening and the more uneasy everybody was getting Um, to the point where it's one of the only times where we had to leave the people who were kind of facilitating the whole thing. were like, all right, guys, it's bedtime. We gotta, we gotta get going. It was probably about two o'clock in the morning or so. And So we started leaving and it was the only time during all these investigations where me and one of the other guys felt that something was coming with us that wasn't in our group. And we felt the need to turn around and tell whatever was there that it had to stay there because it felt like something was like, all right, I'll come with and like was walking out with us. And so we just, before we got to the door or anything, me and this other guy turned around everybody else stopped. And we're just like, you can't come with us. This is where you stay. You have to stay here. You cannot come. No ifs, ands, or buts. And we just started walking back and we turned around and we left and we didn't feel like something was coming with us at that point. Take mm-hmm. that as you will. You know, I know some people be like, okay, yeah, sure. Uh, but until you feel that feeling of something's following me, you do something that says, you know, you can't follow me. And then you, you don't really feel that anymore. Yeah. I, it's not something you can explain, but it happened to the point where I, I felt like we stopped something from tagging along. Yeah. So that was pretty intense. Um, and I think that was the first time that I ever felt like an intense unease of something. So I guess, I guess that would be probably the best, the best one to kind of kick it off. And then there's been locations that like, there's this one location called the clean water demon house that we filmed at a bunch. Oh, that's a uh, great name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't like that place at all. I don't, I don't feel good going in there. I don't want to ever go back there. Uh, so if, they named it demon house. Uh, that is what we named it because oh, okay, okay. we okay. had heard, we had been told that there had been some, uh, satanic rituals happened there i don't know if it's like actual satanists like doing something or if it's just kids messing around type of thing but the the rumor had it that it there was some demonic activity at some point uh done in the house or around the house and so you know it sounds great on a youtube video and so that's what we named it but it didn't well, i didn't like it there was enough stuff going on in there, and, and definitely one of those locations where you feel like a, like a uneasy presence and, and pressure put on you when you're wandering around in there. And I just don't, I just don't deal. I don't, I don't dig it. Uh, that, was that was very Clearwater
2: Demon House, you said.
3: Yeah. And you guys, you guys actually shot something in there. Yeah, we shot a bunch of episodes in there because we went there oh, and God, shot that a full blown episode twice i think and then we went back a couple times to do live episodes and patrick's gone back there a couple times by himself and he's insane i don't (laughs) i wouldn't do that Well,
2: he grew up in a house where uh uh, where there were demon worshippers so uh yeah yeah have you uh have you guys
3: talked about going back to where he used to live and uh doing yeah we have he's done some digging and it seems like the house was demolished at some point. Oh no. Uh we've tried to track it down and the place where it should be there's just nothing there anymore and so uh we're fairly certain that we were looking in the right place and we're pretty sure it's gone now. Are you sure there was ever anything there to begin with? Maybe.
2: Maybe he's not even real and I'm just <laughs> I'm just blowing smoke. <laughs> Patrick, well, well, considering he was supposed to be here tonight, he could just be a figment of your imagination. Hey, tulpas are say, a real
1: thing. Uh,
2: yeah, you know, there you go. You, you did say that anybody could fake anything now, so maybe in all your videos, Patrick is not actually there. It's That's CGI. just a deep fake. <laughs> a deep fake.
3: Well, <laughs> we've had an experience where we feel, I'm, I'm, I don't know, there, there was a uh, possible doppelganger effect. That happened really? at one Oh, location. do
2: tell, do tell story. So we were
3: doing a a big event up at um, the Tahoe Biltmore Hotel, uh, up at Lake Tahoe. We were doing kind of like a weekend paranormal weekend. We were hosting it, and we were doing some investigating late night. And Patrick took a group uh, of people up into the attic of the Tahoe Biltmore. Me. And like three other people were doing an investigation somewhere else. And so we came up to the second floor, third floor, whichever uh, top floor it was, uh, because we had to get something from my room and then we were going to go track them down. We had no idea where they were, though, uh, because there was like four different locations they could be. So we're going to my room and Patrick just like walks down the hallway and he's like, where are you guys going? like going to my room to get this thing and he's like oh everybody else is in the attic and we're like okay and he he like walked down the hall and took a turn but he was walking away from the attic like he i don't know where he was going so we grabbed the thing out of my room took like two seconds because we were right at my room open the door grab the thing close the door and we walked the opposite direction of where he had just went and we walked to the door that goes up this stairway that gets you into the attic and you go down this little walkway and you you come up to these stairs and everybody was standing there everybody and patrick and oh, patrick shit. was like there was like a group of like 10 people and then patrick was on the other side of that group and he's talking because he was telling people about like something that whatever and me and the other three people with me are like how did you get here so fast? And he's like, what do you mean? We're like, we just saw you in the hallway. You told us everybody was up here. And he's like, no, I've been here the whole time. And, and so we started like, no, we just saw, we just saw you in the hallway and all the people that were with him were like, no, we've been here. He's been here the whole time. We were just, he was telling us about the investigation you guys did up here and we he's been talking for like 15 minutes
1: <laughs> and
3: we're like, we couldn't even explain it we're like no we just like we didn't how would we know you were up here if patrick didn't tell us you were up here he's like dude i've been here the whole time
1: and there was one way
3: in and one way out from that i love it i love it it was crazy and it sucks because it's
1: like the little stuff like that that really gets you that you can't capture yeah it's always the cool stuff that like somehow eludes the cameras you just need to record all day,
2: every day, 24 hours a day, and then have somebody who can go through all day, every day's footage. Listen, <laughs>
3: if we had the budget, I would be totally down for that. So I've I put
1: down two notes on this. One, have you had any, uh, speaking of the movie Changeling, have you had any mediums or psychics reach out to you in a, to come on and, and help you
3: with your ghost hunting? Uh, we have had a couple. We have had a couple people who are sensitive, not necessarily mediums or psychics but they are sensitive people um and we've had a couple people do do investigations with us that you know they claim to be sensitive and they do kind of tell us things that they feel that were necessarily not again it's hard to prove or disprove someone's internal feelings of course um but i wouldn't like turn my nose up on if anybody wanted to hang out with us and if they were a medium or a psychic or anything like that why not you know i always say like when people kind of poo poo some of the gear we use they're like oh, i don't i don't believe that works i don't believe in that thing it's like eh it maybe it works maybe it doesn't but why would you leave a tool out of your toolbox if you're doing exactly. something as weird and as unknown as supernatural investigation like i gonna bring every toolkit everything in my toolkit like you if this if a medium or a psychic is going to be part of that toolkit sure let's go Let you Absolutely. know how, how about uh two podcasters yeah do it <laughs> <laughs> we've had we've had rando people come with us before well we wouldn't be randos we we know each other now yeah, so yeah that's know. right
1: We're friends kind of that's right yeah. <laughs> uh well technically i mean i'm up here in reno and he's not too far from a hop skip and a jump to get up here
3: i'm in okay. oklahoma oh oh are you really yeah i moved to oklahoma about a year ago Uh, right at the beginning of covid uh before that june june or so so i've I've been gone almost a year and so uh I, i pop in every once in a while do a bunch of investigations and then head back home and then me and patrick actually are uh the episode that dropped tonight um is the first part of a bunch of investigations we did when we went to Texas a few months ago. Oh, the jail um, one. Yeah, the yeah. the Lavaca County jail uh which is this little tiny town in the middle of nowhere Texas has this old jail house that uh has been privately bought uh cuz they built a better jail house down the way uh and so they host ghost hunters there because the place is apparently haunted. Um It's creepy as hell. Um, You guys were getting a lot of activity in there. Yeah, it it was creepy.
2: (laughs) Which I I wanted to ask
3: you about that, actually. Um, What is a REM pod? A REM pod is, it kind of looks like a little hockey puck, like a thick hockey puck with a big antenna sticking off of it. And it's supposed to measure like electromagnetic fields that get super close to it, Um, almost touching it. Uh, and when those electromagnetic fields interact with that device, it, it goes off, it beeps and little light flashes. Uh, the idea being like, uh, whatever we're trying to discover or, or communicate with is, is a being of energy. Uh, and if they can put their energy on this device in any form or fashion, it should go off. And so like the idea being like, Hey, if you're here, touch this device. Uh, let us know you're here um, to the point where you can ask yes, no questions. If you're here, touch it once for yes, two for no, uh, something like that. And so, and there are times we get what seem to be uh, very intelligent responses to our questions um, in, in that kind of form, yes or no mm. uh, kind of answers. And so I, I like those little devices because they're pretty simple and they're there's, you know, uh not a whole lot of uh, user error involved because you literally just turn it on set it down and step away yeah <laughs> like, if you're here touch it let us know just you're here
1: proximity sensors for energy yeah forms, basically so. so but I mean but that man that'll
3: fun. it'll make your butthole pucker up when you're like down the hall and you're like talking and all of a sudden <laughs> beep. you know this thing goes off in the background you're like <laughs> we're the only people here it's sitting on a table in the middle of that room that should not have happened. And then it beeps again like, oh, man, it, it creeps you out. Have, have you tried uh, using this equipment like in your own homes to see how it reacts in a place that's not haunted? You don't want
1: to know how the hot dogs are made, man.
3: I, I would not use any of that stuff in my own home. I need a safe place. I need a safe <laughs> place to live in. Because uh, even uh, if there's is something bliss. there. Ignorance exactly. is safe in this here. <laughs> <laughs> so I wouldn't. <laughs>
1: i love it i love i love the youtube channel i love it's the passion it's the draw the the mysterious mysteries to explore the unknown the x files element of it is we love to find
3: out the anomalies of the universe yep i'm i'm enjoying it it's a lot of fun for me and the i like the idea that i'm i'm documenting it on a show so like when i'm 80 years old and got my grandkids on my Lap, I can be like, look, you, you, I used to be cool once. Like, this is fun.
1: There's <laughs> a there's a hill somewhere. I don't know what the location is. It's famous for objects roll upwards. They go uphill hmm. instead of downhill. So you can like park a car. It's a slanted hill, and you park the car, and the car will start to roll down. Then when it gets to a certain part, it'll roll back up. But it, the hill is still like that. Hmm. So places like that. Like it'd be fun to go to all these different interesting
3: places here's a question for you. have you been to abandoned mall or any of the uh no i haven't been to an abandoned mall yet i've been to uh abandoned mining mills i've been to hotels um a couple abandoned hospitals Ooh. those are always fun Ooh,
1: oh yeah we <laughs> got we
3: got an abandoned hospital that we hung out in in um texas that's coming up on some episodes in a few weeks that was one of the creepiest places ever um done a couple bars done a couple houses i know we have on the books we're planning on going to a abandoned mental asylum here uh probably sometime this year which i can't wait for that that sounds amazing oh yeah sounds terrifying yeah (laughs) that's that's what the amazing part is so no malls, though. I would totally do a mall. Yeah, there's
1: there's a phenomenon on YouTube where people just take cameras in old abandoned malls. There's like entire channels dedicated to it. I love it. I, I don't know how much uh, you know negative imprint you'll get in those, but uh, it's worth just trying. Just
3: people angry that they missed that sale. Just imprinting their <laughs> anger All the, onto the, the walls. the axe
1: murders that happened in the back room no one knows about. You have That's to go right
2: around Black Friday. <laughs> All Ooh. the people trampled during the rushes.
3: Yeah. <laughs> jesus
1: <laughs> well anything else you'd like to tell us about
3: ah, i'm i'm good if you guys have no more questions i guess i'm done i I
2: I do i do have one more uh one more quick question um of the places that are of, of of the places that are out there that most people know of if there was one place that you could go to to investigate what would that place be
3: Ooh, dogs. Uh, I mean, we always say, because we get asked the question a lot like, would you ever go to this place? Uh, Yes. The answer is always yes, we'll go forever. (laughs) Um, But like
2: your bucket list number one, one of the big
3: places we've been trying to get to a big old abandoned mental uh, hospital in Kentucky. Kentucky? Yeah, I believe it's Kentucky. Um, Whose name is now completely escaping me.
1: That's a weird name for a place. I know it's really yeah. a mouthful. I don't
3: know why they named it that. This is the idiots. Uh, I'll look it up. Uh, the but point being, the there's that place which is we get requests a lot um, for that place. Mental. That's not how you say mental. Mental hospital. Um.
2: Episode. Yeah. Spelling spelling is hard sometimes. Yeah, Waverly Hills. When,
3: yeah. Uh, Waverly Hills Mental Institution uh, is is kind of like always everybody's kind of bucket list item or one of the the top places people want to check out for good reason. It, it's frightening as hell. I want to go there and we're planning on going there. Uh, we're just trying to, you know, get there when they're allowing people to come in. But uh, I think kind of for me and I've been there before, but I would love to actually, actually investigate it uh, is Greyfriars kirk in uh, edinburgh scotland wow. which is a churchyard a, a graveyard a cemetery connected to a church but it is supposedly just ridiculously haunted to the point where there's a section of the cemetery that is closed off to people there's only one like tour group that's allowed to go in there and they had to get like insurance up the wazoo because people claim to be pushed or scratched or uh, affected enough that they faint and, and fall and hurt themselves kind of thing. So they they really had to jump through a lot of hoops in order to be able to, to go in with tours at night kind of thing, these ghost tours that they do. And I've gone on that tour, and I've been there for that. Uh, but I would love to actually go there as an investigator mm-hmm. and have access to the location and investigate it truly and not just on a tour group. Uh, and that's greyfriars kirk uh in edinburgh that place is amazing that, that sounds exciting. creepy as hell as well i i yeah.
1: hope you get that chance i really do cuz that would make a good episode yeah, yeah.
3: it would be fun yeah. and i I've, I've got a thing for cemeteries anyway <laughs> so uh <laughs> and not just for like ghost investigations like i i truly enjoy wandering around cemeteries and taking in the history of uh, and the art of the locations uh, so much so that I started a whole other YouTube channel called cemetery road, where I literally just travel the country, going to various cemeteries, documenting my travels.
1: Well, I, I grew uh, up with the goth kids who, you know, we take our picnics in the cemetery. That's just, how yep, we there you go. <laughs> that is awesome. I, this is one of the, one of the best experiences I've learned about in all of our podcasts i love ghost hunting i unfortunately i have that side effect where like everyone around me sees ghosts you know my mom's really deep with seeing ghosts and visions and we had this house with the shadows would go up and down the hallway and you would see stuff moving in this hallway uh and my wife's real she well i don't want to get to that territory because that's tinfoil but uh, the whole alien abductions and Uh, seeing spaceships and stuff like that, but a lot of ghosts and Mm -hmm. me, it's like they ignore me for whatever reason. I don't see anything because I know you're gonna talk
2: about it on the podcast.
1: Yeah, no, because I'm gonna try to ask them for five bucks. I'm gonna be like, (laughs) You got me changed.
3: Tell me where you buried the money.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I had
3: kind of the similar thing where I grew up, my family would tell me about these stories. My mom had her shadow figure that she interacted with when she was a kid. My great-grandma who helped raise me, she told me of a couple times where her uh, her parents came and gave her information that like, they had long been dead because um, she was my great-grandma. She was super old, um, uh-huh. even when I was really young. It happens. But she had a couple times where she had basically like premonitions, uh, messages from her parents that would come in the form of like, what she took as dreams at the time but they were so like on the nose um for instance like my my great-grandma she was sleeping one night she her parents were like sitting in her living room talking together she was there she had walked in on this conversation and they kind of ignored her uh, but they were talking about something and she was listening to them and and i can't remember who said what but one of them said well it's a good thing um, so-and-so wasn't with her because she would have died. So it's a really good thing. She wasn't. Um, and they use my, my aunt's names, uh, and like the next day, my aunts, my two aunts were supposed to be going, uh, on a road trip and on a road. That's like literally like mountain on one side, steep drop off on the other. Oh yeah. And one of my aunts, said you know i just don't feel good i don't want to go so it was just the one aunt that went and apparently she got into a car accident so bad on that road that's like a cliff on one side kind of thing and the police said like if there had been a passenger in the car that passenger probably would have been injected right off that mountain kind of thing oh, uh, she would have died and so my great grandma's like that's very on the nose of what my parents were talking about in that dream i had
2: yeah there's no mixing words right there
3: yeah and then years later she was she was at home and she was really sick like sick to the point where she was just feeling like death warmed over and she woke up in the middle of the night just fevered like crazy sweating like her bed was soaked she so she got up and she was stumbling into the kitchen to like get some water and her kitchen wasn't her kitchen anymore it was the kitchen from her childhood this is what she's seeing and she sees her her dad at the kitchen table like coffee and newspaper and you know doing his thing and her mom's cooking at the stove and uh the mom's like uh, i'm really worried about her and the dad said don't worry she'll feel better in the morning and so my my grandma just my great grandma just like turned around and went back to bed and laid back down in the morning. She woke up, fever had broken. She felt tons better. Um, but she awesome. totally remembered that. And, and so I grew up hearing those two stories from her and, you know, a couple other people tell me other stories and I was just like, "What? Well, I, I never get that experience. Like I want to see a ghost. Like I believe, I, I always believe myself to be a, a, a believing skeptic as in, I believe there's something out there but I'm, I'm not necessarily going to take someone's word for it, or, you know, I, I need to see it for myself. I need some sort of proof. And so that's why I was super drawn to, you know, trying to get on with this ghost hunting team and super drawn to keep it going because now I have that chance to see these things for myself. And so now, you know, I absolutely believe there is definitely something out there that is very much unexplained, uh, that is just, resting beyond what we can comprehend or or notice Mm -hmm. and uh i don't know what it is and i don't i can't explain it very well half the time uh especially when people who absolutely don't believe and they're like so you you ghost hunt eh?" and so i try to explain to them like you know the feeling of oppression you feel in some negative locations and seeing things thrown about that you can't explain how that happened or hearing something that you shouldn't have heard and they're just like mm, okay that just sounds like really silly to me and i'm just like okay cool well, can't <laughs> convince everybody There's no something i didn't think of earlier but i did want to ask you is uh, orbs how often do you encounter orbs Uh, I've seen some crazy orbs and orbs that seem to be somewhat intelligent sometimes. My problem with orbs is that being a camera guy, being someone who understands how things work, a lot of the times when people are like orbs, I'm like dust yeah, or bugs, like not everything that flips in front of the camera is going to be an orb, you know, Uh, very much so we go into locations that are abandoned, haven't been touched in a long time. They're dusty. Oh, yeah. And you can't really see that dust with the naked eye, but the camera will pick it up. Um, bugs the same way. Uh, I do believe that sometimes orbs are a legitimate curiosity because I've seen things flit in front of the camera that move in not a way like a piece of dust would or a bug would. Um, and so I too many people call everything an orb. Right. And I'm very much like, a, eh, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> like I'm not going to put a whole lot of time and effort ooing and aahing over it because there's so many other things that are more fascinating to me. Um, but there has been one time that we caught something on camera that wasn't an orb, but it was definitely not a bug. It's definitely not uh, dust. Uh, we were doing this 12 hour overnight uh, live stream at the Mackie mansion. So 12 hours camera going the entire time, no sleep. Cause it was overnight. We'd been there for a few hours and we were really tired and wanted some dinner. And so we'd gotten some pizza. And so we're kind of taking a break, doing a little Q and a in front of the, the live stream. So we're sitting in the main office at Mackie mansion and uh, we just got the pizza in front of us. We're talking to a laptop like this. Me and Patrick. I'm like here. Patrick's here. And people are asking us questions on the stream. And we're. Uh, I was saying something about something. And all of a sudden, this wispy thing. Just this, this wispy thing, uh, with no real form. Well, it had it had more of a form than you, it really should have came like right up in front of me like wobbled around and then flew off and the only reason we noticed it was because the camera caught it it was not physically there in front of us because this thing pops up like literally right in front of my face and i'm talking to the i'm talking to the computer so i see us on the screen and i see this thing pop up it like floats around and floats off and so i'm like talking blah 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 and then i'm just like (laughs) <laughs> like what, the, like I'm looking for this thing that I see on the screen, but it's, it's not there. And it freaked us out so much. And everybody in the live stream is like, what the hell was that? And me and Patrick rewound stuff. it like five times. Cause we're just like, what is this thing? Uh, but it, it was one of the craziest things I've ever captured on camera. That's uh, right. Because it's just, it, there's no explanation for it. I can't tell you what that was because physically was not there. And what it like I can't explain what it is because it's it has no form or no natural form uh to make you be like, ah, it's a mosquito, or that's a fly, or like it's just this white blobby thing that just kind of wisps around and then takes off. Super weird. I've never I've never
2: seen something like that. That's crazy.
1: That is awesome. Yeah. Uh, I see that's what you live for. You live for the stuff you can't explain. Yeah, it's super weird. You know, when we do this and we talk to people in the, in the modern, you know, consumer market, it's products. Like, here's a product, here's how the product, answer questions about the product. I don't like to do it that way because I think there's an artificiality to that. When I bring people on, I like to get to know them, like their passions, their desires. So what comes across from me is, is very, you know, earnest. I just want to know and explore and i think that sells way better than just trying to hawk a product.
3: Yeah. I'm I'm not really here to sell anything. Uh I'm I'm out to have adventures and the cool thing is i'm doing it on in a format that allows other people to come on those adventures with me. Uh and i've even told people i'm like even if i wasn't doing like a youtube show for it like i'd still go and do these things. Huh. Like i this is something I I want to do. I want to go out and see these locations. I want to see if something is able to communicate with me. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not really here to like. Well, sell I, th- I a think that's what thing. people
1: really enjoy to hear. You know, anecdotes, like the little stories, the little tidbits of history, and my parents encountered this or I encountered that. So I think I think it's been very exciting and fun, and I hope people really enjoy this when they listen to it.
2: Yeah,
3: I'm trying to find that little wispy thing for you guys. I want to Ooh, show you. Can't wait. <laughs>
2: so
3: uh so no dealings with the possessed. Don't have to
1: pull an exorcist on the set, do you? No, nope, <laughs> not so far. <laughs>
3: Let me see here. I think I found it.
2: So you guys you guys have done a bunch of uh ghost places. Have you uh, I I know that uh Patrick's house was um uh, more of the demonic have you guys gone to a lot of places that have demonic type possessions or uh, feelings?
3: no not too much i don't think okay hold on let me see if i could show you this look in front right. of me
2: so this is this is the Whoa. live stream. oh i saw that, is that sorry that for everybody the,
3: listening can't see it but
2: that was the live stream that you guys were doing yeah so you're you're like the two of you are just sitting there talking and then the yeah, this little white orb-looking thing just kind of went around the screen. That—that's
1: crazy. Kind of, kind of looked like a flatworm to me. It's like some sort of curved line. Yeah.
2: I I, I love how you react to it. It it you <laughs> it scared it. the hell out of me. Yeah. <laughs> you so kind of my, kinda...
3: my friend's eating pizza, then he goes to get a drink, and he's sitting next to me like. We're we're doing our normal thing, so it's not like and we're the only people there. And then this thing just flits in front of me. I'm like, what the hell was that?
2: Yeah, that is not a natural it movement was a either.
1: Fairy. You had to catch it in a bottle.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean it kind of looks like a little fairy creature, like Tinkerbell just flew through. I don't know.
2: It it really kind it's of weird. does. Mysteries is, remain.
3: Do you guys put your live stream stuff up on your YouTube also? Yep, everything's up there.
2: So so that video is available for people
3: to see. Yep, and that one is called, uh, specifically, that is the Mackie Mansion 12-hour live investigation. That moment happens at uh, 3 hours, 3 hours, 10 minutes.
2: So, if you guys want to see what we just saw, which is some crazy shit, 3 hours and 10 minutes into that video, go check it out.
3: Yep. That was uh, 11 months ago nice but it's it's a long video it's 12 hours long so <laughs> skip, <laughs> skip to that point we actually had somebody uh, one of one of our friends did like a highlight reel of the 12-hour investigation and it's like an hour long <laughs> is that moment included in there yeah, Oh, yeah okay
2: cool cool well hey um it besides uh well actually uh, we haven't even mentioned uh, the YouTube channel as far as what it's called where can uh, anybody who listens this far into the podcast find you
3: Uh, We are on YouTube, uh, The Haunted Side. Uh, So youtube.com slash The Haunted Side. That is the paranormal investigation uh, stuff that we do. We're on season six, I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Got a lot of stuff to watch if you're going to jump into it. Our episodes normally range anywhere from like 40 minutes to an hour long. Um, Depending on the location, there's multiple parts to some places uh and then i also do my cemetery kind of travel stuff over on youtube.com uh/ slash, uh the cemetery road nice well, I'm
1: sold on that one
3: yeah a 100% cemetery. here too and that well, one's just more like just a casual like thing i like to do to kind of scratch that creative itch uh because i i do photography and i like um shooting photos in cemeteries and i thought to myself i'm like why don't i just do like a video series uh, kind of explaining cemeteries and kind of my travels and and stuff like that and it turned into a thing so i'm i've got like 23 episodes of that up now nice. um, Dude. and it's, and it's been a lot of fun you have really the-
1: undiscussed people do not talk much about the fact the amount of craftsmanship and beauty that goes into cemetery designs the statues oh, yeah. the way the mausoleum or the buildings are made and everything like this phenomenal look to the cemeteries mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And this, and uh, your uh, Cemetery Road YouTube channel seems like it's got quite a few uh, followers as well.
3: Yeah. I just, uh, I've got almost 1,200 uh, subs on that one. I started that in October. Uh, and it's been growing pretty good. Like it, it, it's been growing faster than I thought. People seem to be really enjoying it. And uh, I'm having a lot of fun with it as well. Nice. Well, so we, we can, can bring in more it. people. That would be awesome. <laughs>
2: Well, hey, uh, Jason, it's been great talking to you. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. No uh, problem. If uh, you like what you heard, um, head over to our website, happylittlescreams.com. Check out some of the other podcasts and other guests that we have on there. Um, you could also like and subscribe to our podcast. And um, in the meantime, keep those screams happy and loud.
1: Who's <laughs>
3: If I ever heard that during an investigation, I would probably crap myself. It's at the end now.
2: Dave, this conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye.